This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hany Balkis, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world and in the UAE. And to start off our Wednesday afternoon, yes, it is Wednesday, one more day until we start the weekend and one more day until it is New Year's Eve. And I'm really excited for the new year 2021. I want to know what you guys are doing on New Year's Eve or for New Year's in general, 4215. But talking about the UAE news, UAE's Wi-Fi is now the fastest in the Middle East as they did add a couple of new allocations. Also, we're going to be talking about how STC, the provider in Saudi Arabia, is partnering with Alibaba Cloud. And that's a big one. We do know Alibaba, who uh, the company that is owned by Jokma, one of China's richest billionaires, is having collaboration with STC. And talking about the electric vehicle industry, we're talking about the first Model Y, a Tesla Model Y, and how it is a police vehicle in New York City. Now, we're looking at New York doing a lot of things when it's talking about electric vehicles. We talked about yesterday how Tesla's Model 3 was now becoming a taxi in New York. And now we're saying Tesla Model Y as a police car. We're also going to be talking about an Apple Watch leak and how it's offering us a rare glimpse inside an ultra security program. Now, you guys do know I love my Apple Watch. I do have the Apple Series, I believe it's four, but I do want to get my hands on the new Apple Watch when it comes out next year. I want to know you guys' thoughts. 4215 or on our Instagram at Pulse95Radio. Which story are you excited about the most? And what are you doing for New Year's? We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, I got all the news for you right here. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Bits and bytes do connect to our world, ladies and gentlemen. And today, kick starting off the show, we're talking about UAE's Wi Fi and how it's now the fastest in the Middle East just after an additional spectrum allocation. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uploads and downloads inside UAE homes will now become the fastest in the region. Now, an additional 500 megahertz radio spectrum of around 6 gigahertz band has been allocated for indoor Wi-Fi use. Now, ladies and gentlemen, 6 gigahertz means 6G. Now, we just recently uh, been getting 5G on our mobile phones, but now we're talking about 6 gigahertz. Now, this will significantly boost the speed of indoor wireless networks in the UAE, which will help us to keep up with the increasing use of wireless services by individuals and companies and different businesses' day-to-day activities and to accommodate new applications which do drive the demand for faster speeds and greater reliability. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that was a statement by the TRA right here in the UAE. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we know ever since the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of us are using the internet much, much more often. A lot of us are streaming YouTube videos, streaming Netflix movies, doing literally everything and anything on our computers and mobile devices, and obviously, most of which, or all, are connected to the internet. Now, when you such have such load on uh, on these servers, obviously, it will become slower, but now, slower isn't a word right here in the UAE because we will be the fastest in the region. Now, as of now, around 99% of homes in the UAE do have internet access, 
and Wi-Fi. Thus, this does play an essential role in providing connectivity between the users, routers, and the increasing number of wireless-enabled devices in their homes, which does include TV and game consoles. Now, the COVID-19 situation has stressed the importance of having reliable Wi-Fi systems in our homes, obviously, because we do know that a lot of people were working from home and the majority of, of people were working from home in the UAE and around the world during the COVID-19 pandemic, and especially when lockdowns were imp implica implemented uh, all over the world. So, uh, I mean, having faster Wi-Fi, uh, Wi-Fi to rely on, because obviously a lot of people were using Zoom calls to do meetings, to talk with friends and family, and even to play games. I mean, playing games with one, one another using Wi-Fi, obviously, when you're playing with a game with someone and someone's at home and and you're at home playing, let's say, for example, Call of Duty, you would like to hear their voice and kind of listen to their reaction as you're playing that game. So having faster internet uh, and being the fastest right here in the region is something very important. And hats off to the UAE for, a number, for again, being the fastest in the Middle East. But we're not done talking about telecoms, ladies and gentlemen, because we're talking about STC and how it has announced a partnership with Alibaba Cloud. Now, the state-owned Saudi telecom company and venture capital fund EWTP Arabia has announced a joint partnership with Alibaba Cloud to provide high-performance public cloud services in the in Saudi Arabia. Now, with the International HQ being in Singapore, Alibaba Cloud does provide cloud computing services to online businesses and is the digital technology backbone of the Chinese uh, e-commerce conglomerate. So, ladies and gentlemen, Alibaba, for those who don't know, uh, is the company that is owned by Jack Ma, one of Saudi, uh, one of China's richest billionaires. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, now, Alibaba Cloud is planning to invest up to $500 million over the next five years as part of the partnership and as part of the deal, a new office to be set in Riyadh to provide services and training to local customers, which will be in Saudi Arabia. Now, the investment also does provide a wide range of resources to help build sustainability and ensure localization. Now, uh, the CEO of Alibaba Cloud Intelligence does say that Saudi Arabia is a strategic market for them. Now, uh, I think last week, Saudi Ar Aramco Development Company and even Google Cloud, Cloud did sign an agreement to offer services uh, to customers in Saudi Arabia. Now, according to Aramco, Google Cloud will st establish and operate a new cloud region in Saudi Arabia and a new company will be formed to supply cloud solutions and services to customers. So we're seeing a lot of things going right now in Saudi Arabia with uh, Alibaba and Google Cloud. Now, for those who don't know what a cloud service is, basically you can download and, and upload things to a cloud for easy access and not have it actually like a physical database. A lot goes into cloud computing, but it's good to see that the Saudi Arabia is getting the big names and, and, and signing contracts and agreements with them for them for Saudi Arabia to use them locally. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be taking a short break. But when we come back, we're talking about an ex-Nintendo executive and how Kanye West and Kim Kardashian came to him for a game. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Ladies and gentlemen, an ex-Nintendo executive does say that he had to politely decline working on a game with none other than Kanye West. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard me correctly. Kanye West wanted to create a game with an ex-Nintendo executive. Now, in one of the Otter gaming stories to come out in 2020, 
former Nintendo, Nintendo of America president said that Kanye West once approached the company about working together on a project. Now, he did share the story about meeting West on his Talking Games with Reggie and Harold podcast and did note by a recent post on Nintendo Everything that on the podcast, uh, the hip-hop artist, producer, fashion designer, uh, which is Kanye West, did visit Nintendo's area at the event and spend some time with the famed game director, who is Shigeru Miyato. I think I butchered his name, but I think that's his name. Now, what happened was that uh, Kanye West asked to have a meeting with him. Now, according to the ex-president of Nintendo, he says that two eventually met at, Calif- uh, at uh, Kanye West's California business office, where the rapper did proceed to shoot his shot with the ex-executive. Uh, now, he does say that part of the meeting was talking about what he was up to in general, Kanye West, and he was experimenting with a piece of video game content, and he wanted reactions to it. Now, he does then come out and says, I want to work with Nintendo. Now, that is what Kanye West is saying. And he said that we had so many different projects at Nintendo going on, and the possibility of doing something with Kanye West just wasn't there. And he had to find a way to politely decline the opportunity to work with Mr. Kanye West. Now, he did say that he tried to let the multi, uh, multi-millionaire Kanye West down gently and told him, Kanye, you don't want to work with us because we're tough, we're hard, and all we do is push for the very best content. Now, we would not be the type of partner you would want to work with. And he looks uh, the ex-president in the eyes and says, Reggie, you're exactly the type of partner I want because of that reason. And he's like, oh my gosh. So he tried to push Kanye West away by telling him that they're tough and they're mean and they want the best content and they only str- they only push for the best. And that just made Kanye West want to work with uh, Reggie Moore. So I feel like that is super funny, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's like you're telling someone, oh, I need to go somewhere and uh, I got to get some errands done. And you kind of want to kind of end the encounter. And the person's like, yeah, well, I need some errands done too. Why don't I just come in with you with the car and we'll get things done together. Now, the ex-Nintendo of America executive did describe the encounter as interesting and mentioned that Kim Kardashian West was present for that meeting as well. Now, of course, the meeting didn't amount to a collaboration between Nintendo and Kanye West, but it's a curious thing to imagine. Now, can you just imagine, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Kanye West coming out with a video game? Now, I think that would be crazy. Now, we do know that Kanye West has made his interest in developing video games known in the past now, quick, uh, qu- quick fact, back in 2015, West did announce a mobile game called Only One. Now, he did name it after a single of his. Now, he did once describe the game by saying, the idea of the game is my mom is traveling through the gates of heaven. Now, unfortunately, Kanye West's mom did pass away a couple of years ago. I don't know exactly when. And uh, he had a very good relationship with his mother. So we still know that we know we do know that Kanye West does go through a lot of things because of the loss of his mother. And I mean, uh, it is tough. But the game was slated to be produced by Los Angeles based film and animation studio Encyclopedia Pictura. And in 2019, Encyclopedia Pictura did say that it was no longer involved with the project. So. Kanye West has been trying to put out a couple of games, but unfortunately, he hasn't been finding uh, kind of the medium or the entry into the gaming industry. But I want to know your guys' thoughts. 4215, or on our Instagram, at Pulse95Radio. Would you play a game made by Kanye West? And if you do, what kind of game do you think that Kanye West would come out with? Uh, I mean, if, it, if I would think about a game that Kanye West would come out with, I'd probably think... 
a day in the life of becoming a rapper. Now, we do know that Kanye West's story is literally from nothing. He came from nothing, started from the bottom, and now he is one of the most, he's a household name in the United States. Kanye West, everyone knows who, knows who Kanye West is. Everyone know who's, knows who Kim Kardashian is. I want to know you guys thoughts. 4215, taking a short break. But when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the first Model Y, the first Tesla Model Y becoming a police car in New York City. This is Pulse 95. Tech this out. Tech this out. Pulse 95. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been seeing New York kind of uh, go to the form of where they want to make all their cars in New York City electric vehicles. And as Tesla does continue on its quest for automotive dominance, their vehicles are becoming more and more common, not only within luxury markets, but also as police cruisers. Because ladies and gentlemen, we're seeing the first Model Y and how it's been officially debuted as a police car in New York. Now, specifically, the car was commissioned by the Hastings on Hudson Police Department, which is located in Westchester County in New York. Now, this isn't the first time that a Tesla has been a police car. Now, the Model 3 has been utilized by several departments for some time now, but this is the first time that the Model Y is being put into service. However, this electric police cruiser won't be chasing down speeders and traffic. Rather, it will be sledging down back alleys as part of the, uh, as part of the department's detective division. Now, this gives me something, something out of Inspector Gadget. Do you guys remember Inspector Gadget? I mean, he had all the cool tech and gadgets, and obviously, if you have a car, a Tesla car, you're cool and you're tech, especially the Model Y. Now, even though it will just be, be used by detectives, the car is still fit with lights, sirens, and police rod radios. Now, the typical, it's, it's basically the typical set, setup, typical setup for a police car of the like. Now, as for what the type of Model Y the police department did decide to use, it is a long-range silver metallic Model Y that sits on this 19-inch Gemini wheel. So they've kind of went all out with the Model Y. Now, upon learning that the Model Y has been put to use as a police car, one might start to wonder even why it was chosen, considering it is generally considered to be a medium-level luxury SUV car. Now, the biggest reason that the car was chosen is the fuel savings it does present. Now, while the cost of the car actually might be higher than a traditional cruiser, it is estimated that the Model Y will save the department over $8,500 over the first five years in its service just by buying the car. Now, when you compound the fuel savings with Tesla's incredibly high resale values and the purchases, it starts to make a lot more sense for police applications. So we're looking at Tesla is uh, is coming out. Obviously, it uh, the resale value of Tesla cars are pretty good. And the second number one, uh, n number two selling point, or the number one selling point, is that fuel economy. I mean, obviously, you're not using fuel. It's an electric vehicle. And the police department will be saving $10,000 in the first five years just by switching uh, to, to, to these electric vehicles. Now, I do believe that I, the Model Y is 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 brand new. It's, it still hasn't been uh, to the masses yet. And we're saying New York using it. Now, yesterday we talked about how New York taxis are using Tesla Model 3s. And we're saying, I think, about a fleet of 1,000 of them. Now, 1,000 taxis is nothing in New York City. Now, we do know New York City, the Big Apple, to be well known for their yellow cab taxis, the yellow, the yellow cab cars. That is kind of like uh, the trademark 
and New York City. So to see uh, uh, Tesla's being uh, kind of uh, rolled out in a fleet all over New York City is something good because number one, New York is pretty packed and a lot of people use their cars to commute in New York City. So having electric vehicles is good because number one, we want to save the environment. Global warming is real and uh, New York does want to save the environment and the world doesn't want to save the environment. But what we're looking at right now is a less of a carbon footprint when it comes to the New York Police Department. And uh, I'm just really excited to see what we have in store in the coming years. Again, we are still in 2020. A couple more days, we're going to go into 2021. This year was super quick to me, to be honest. I mean, yeah, there was a COVID-19 pandemic and the beginning of the year was kind of slow. But I mean, the year was pretty quick in general. I want to know your guys' thoughts. 4215, thoughts or on our Instagram at Pulse95 Radio. Did you feel that 2021 was quick? And would you like to see a Tesla as a police car right here in Sharjah and in the UAE? I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a Tesla car. Teslas are cool. I mean, again, my opinion on Tesla so far is that I would get it as a second car, not as my main car. But that's just my opinion. 4215 or on our Instagram at Pulse95 Radio. Would you get a Tesla as your first or second car? And would you like to see it as a police car all over the UAE? Pulse 95. Gadget of the day. New tech you might want to play with. New tech you might want to play with, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about an Apple Watch leak and how it's offering a rare glimpse inside the ultra security program that Apple does come out with. Now, the prototype does show running a pre-watch OS 1.0 build on this watch. Now, this isn't going to be a leak for a newer watch, but we're going back into the pre-OS build. Now, there has been new images and videos purporting to show an Apple Watch prototype, which was concealed by a security case that does resemble a tiny iPod, which does offer a rare look behind the product development curtain of the notoriously secretive company, which was built by Steve Jobs, which is Apple. Now, it does it was first teased a few months ago by Twitter user Apple Demo, and he does say that this is our first look at the device turned on and running Apple's own internal development app on a pre-watch OS 1.0 software build. Now, obviously, they, he did show a video, and I'm going to describe the video that this Twitter user came out with. Now, the video does start by showing what appears to be the original cardboard packaging used to deliver the prototype hardware to testers. And it says that this product is classified as Apple Confidential and is designed as an ultra security program. Now, that is what is on the label. It also says that this prototype must be returned when recalled or when your, says the labeling, uh, before being upskirt to hide the origins of the device. Now, a sticker on the back of the prototype device itself does show it is a PVTE configuration, which does mean that production validation testing or engineering in line with language seen on the previous Apple development software or hardware, like the leaked EVT board for the original iPhone. Now, when the touchscreen device is turned on, we can see that it is configured to show Apple's own internal apps. One is the Lisa Tester, which was identified with an icon of Lisa Simpson, but likely a tribute to Jobs' daughter, Steve Jobs' daughter, and namesake of Apple's Lisa computer, one of the first computers to feature a GUI interface. Now, the app does let testers tweak the UI elements of the prototype watch, and the Springboard Zoom app, which was found inside the Lisa Tester in a very similar way to the, to, to the original 
Watch OS home screen that was shipped on the first Apple Watch in 2015. Can you guys imagine? It's been five years since the first Apple Watch. Now, we're looking at uh, this prototype per se, and there was no digital crown or the, the, the dial on, on, on uh, the watch. Instead, there was buttons along the right side of the case that can be used for a home button and the power button. Now, the home button on the front and what appears to be a volume up and down buttons on the left are never being shown in the video and not, might not even be functional. Now, when clicking into settings, the device does report that it hasn't received FCC approval yet for sales, which does add further confirmation of its prototype status. Now, assuming that the prototype is real and definitely seems that way, then it is a remarkable example of how pre-production Apple devices were never meant to see. Now, it just shows how secret Apple was with their iPhones and even their Apple Watches. I mean, five years later, five years later, we're seeing the first prototype of the Apple Watch. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to know your guys' thoughts. 4215, but five minutes to go until it's the halftime show. The only place to be with the one and only Omar Edouri, ladies and gentlemen. I have him in the studio right now, locked and loaded, to tell him to tell us what he has in store for us on the halftime show. What's going on? You sounding good today, man. Uh, Habibi, I'm always sounding good when I see you. <laughs> Actually, way before you see me. Normally two to three. Listen, on today we've got a lot of things going on. Um, superstitions. Do you have superstitions when it comes down to training? Do you have a certain routine you follow? What happens when you do that? Hmm, that's a very good question, Omar. You know, I'm now tapping into my brain, looking for superstitions that I kind of think about before I uh, I go train. Well, I think one thing that I think about, Omar, is uh, I don't want to eat too heavy, okay. per se, or I don't want to eat too light. And maybe sometimes the thought of uh, uh, maybe just a good night's sleep, for example. And, right. you know, there's some gym rumors between guys, you know, yes. bro rumors. Right. When it comes to the gym. And I do keep those in mind sometimes. And okay. some things that they, they'll tell us I won't do before I go to the gym. Or sometimes right. I'll do after a workout because they tell me that it's good for you. Right. But you see, you already said it right there. You said mind, right? So a lot of it plays a, a mindful part when it comes down to training. Superstition, psychological. Is it something that we do to help our psychological state or is it something that's just ridiculous? That's what we're talking about today on the Halftime Show. Very interesting topic to talk about. I mean, I love how you guys bring, or you in general, Amaru, you bring things to light that not many people think about. Now, you you actually made me scratch my brain because I never thought about those things until you asked me that question. Ladies and gentlemen, Amaru Duri, the Halftime Show, the only place to be in at three, commencing in three minutes. So keep Pulse95 locked because Amar is coming. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.